0: if we were to encounter someone uh who goes hey i get it but i am never going to depend on other people to take care of me i don't need other people to take care of me i'm just going to take care of myself should we depend on other people to take care of uh of us or should we focus on ourselves what what
1: would be your response to that
0: Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome or welcome back to a brand new episode of SimSation Nation. I consider myself to be a man of the people, meaning I am a people person. I like all things about people. I like talking to people. I like interacting with people. But more importantly, I like helping people. So today we're going to talk about just that. The people, the peoples, however you want to say it. I wanted to bring on somebody today that I think can kind of help me just talk about what it means to take care of the people. And it is someone that I call a true friend. I know for a fact that he has been in a a high level of leadership and has taken care of large amounts of people. Bottom line is he's a good mentor for me, a good friend for me. And I'm going to have him come on and help me kind of dissect and reverse engineer this subject of the people. So you know what we're talking about, but let me tell you who I'm having to come on to help talk about it. His name is Chief Master Sergeant Lou Moyer. We're going to call him Lou uh, for, for this episode, but I just want everybody to know that this, I call him the big chief. Every time I send him messages and I text him, I say, hey, big chief, you know, we kind of go from there. So I will tell you, people is one of the things that I think is a debated topic when it is compared to the mission and we're going to get into that and talk about people first mission always so on and so forth so this gentleman held the position of the command chief at the 45th uh space wing down in patrick space force base now um before he retired he was leading the people he and his lovely wife emily they were leading the people so without further ado ladies and gentlemen welcome to the show lou how are you doing today
1: Doing fantastic, Henry. Thanks for having me on. I'm honored. And uh, quite frankly, I really appreciate you and what you're doing for the people with your uh, podcast. So thank you very much.
0: Absolutely. Listen, I've been kind of doing some homework on you. I didn't have to dig too much because that's the beauty of kind of making sure you follow people stay in touch with people and just kind of see what's been going on with the people and i know for a fact that uh you served honorably in fact if i remember correctly you served for 28 years is that accurate
1: uh just over 30 uh henry but that's all good oh see see
0: you're selling selling you short selling you short
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i i took a there's an assignment you may have missed that i took on uh working for an organization and kind of uh Ended there, my last two years. So ah, uh, see, I was I, I was digging and
0: doing my research on the people, and one of the things that I found was one of your your farewell speech, and uh, and it is titled "Thanks, it wasn't an honor." And so I assumed that that was on your way out the door, but it was probably on your way out that door before you walked into another door
1: exactly
0: got it so listen i i I talked to the the people uh, at the introduction and i said you know you were a chief you know and and became a command chief those are first of all those are big deals but the varying audiences that we have out there they may not even know what that means so so can you tell us what it means to one have become a chief and to a command chief
1: right so what does it mean well that's a that's a broad answer you know i could spend you know, write a dissertation on that. I'll just sum it up to make it simple. It's someone who basically is an, a senior advisor to the, the senior leadership of the organization on the health and readiness of the people that are serving. So that would be mostly your enlisted force, but also includes your civilian force and your, your officer corps as well. But uh, readiness and in, in, how the folks are doing and, and prepared to do their job and advising the senior leaders, basically the gist of the position. That's a good
0: way to put it. Uh, and It's something that we can kind of try to put into layman's terms as best as we can. But it is a high level of responsibility because there's uh, people that send their sons and daughters to go serve the country and they are away from their immediate family. And the expectation is that I can trust they can trust that their sons and daughters are going to be taken care of by the right people. And you found yourself in a position to be able to do that. And I would imagine, uh, as a recipient of such great leadership and mentorship, uh, whether it be your peers, your superiors, your subordinates, or whatever it may be, um, if you had to describe how the people helped you get there, how would you describe
1: that? Wow. So that you're right. So uh, I didn't get anywhere by myself. Uh, a lot of the, the uh, positions I was so uh, honored to hold and put into came because of the support of leadership support of my peers uh support of the folks who you know quite frankly you lead because you do need support up down side you know the the command chain so what i would say is uh the 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 people who helped me get to where i was were the folks that i served with mentoring me to do a good job and learning how to do a good job and also more importantly, how to treat each other, right? And work together, collaboration, and also the folks who had confidence in me to push me to the next level or challenge me to, be, um, to perform at the next level in a leadership role. So from an early beginning, uh, I started making observations when I was just an airman, when I joined the Air Force, and I noticed a few things, you know, about working relationships and, and trust, and integrity, and all those things that people talk about that makes character in a person. I started putting those things in my toolbox and emulating the things I thought that were important you know, to me and, and to our organization, and then also understanding to identify those things which were toxic and maybe not so important so that I can manage it. In some respects, you have to manage that because we're not perfect beings, or improve on it and and become better, you know, in certain areas where you need to improve. So I always like that. I always like feedback, whether it came from my peers, from my subordinates, from my superiors, from my wife, (laughs) whoever feedback comes from, to try to be better and uh, perform better and serve. Because I think when you become, you know, put in those leadership positions, it's not something like say, hey, I'm going to go lead people. It's more like you're going to go help folks, right? You're going to be humble about it. You're going to... earn their respect, uh, find out what they need, and just try to be there, you know, um, for them. And that's what I tried to do. And that's basically how I was able to, I, I don't like to call it get promoted, but let's just say get put in positions because they're all temporary uh, of responsibility. You know, I, I think uh, folks need to understand that too is leaders or followers Right. You know, so oh, that person's in charge. No, <laughs> yeah. you, you're, you're basically everybody has a, a boss, if you will, or or an obligation, right, to folks. But um, what, I, what I had to learn was uh, basically how do I serve folks and get them what they need so they could be more effective, so they can uh, inspire these folks, so they can do the things they need to do and meet our mission objectives. And not That's only true. that, they feel good about it, right? You know, they feel part of it. They feel uh, a responsibility to each other. You know, there, there are some things that we have to to make sure we work on when we're in a leadership position. But those things helped me get to where I was. It wasn't just me alone. It was a, a, a whole tribe of folks from the beginnings when I was an airman, and as I was promoted up the chain to different uh, ranks and positions, right, which are all temporary. And I absolutely because one day you could be in a position of decision making the next day you're in a position of following and you know helping to uh inform on the decision making that's right
0: you just your 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 talking points are bringing up all kinds of quotes in my head cuz I like quotes, I love quotes, I live by quotes and I uh, you know one of the things you said that um, you know really you're kind of a servant leader if you will you know uh John C Maxwell said he who thinks he leads but has no followers is only taking a walk and you know we have to be fortunate enough to understand that these people are allowing me to to lead them oh, absolutely sure. job titles and
1: positions are temporary right i mean uh as as in a leadership position We empower and inspire people, you know, and help them to realize their potential so they can uh, basically be successful at whatever the task is or objective that they're doing. And ultimately, that goes into the bigger part of the mission, which ultimately leads to mission success if everyone's inspired and motivated to do a good job. Absolutely. You know, Colin Powell, I'll throw another one out at you
0: guys. You know, don't hold your position so close to your ego that when the position (laughs) goes, your ego goes with it. Because like you just said many occasions. This is all temporary. Now I know for a fact that you've been leading the way you've been setting the example for the people professionally, but I know you've done so personally as well, because if I, if I did my homework correctly this time, and I believe your son is a, is a senior NCO or at least, <laughs> uh, uh, at least on his way to be in the senior NCO in the United States space Force, Right.
1: I'm very proud of him. Uh, so my son Maurice, uh, is doing great things Is is you know, I, I, I've i watched him grow into the, the man he is, and I am so proud of him. It just, I, I saw him over the last week I was up where he's at station, and it's just amazing to me the responsibility that he, that he has and the work that he does for our nation, and mm. I'm so proud of that what he's doing. I, I can't say it enough, Right. and I tell him that every time I can because, you know, uh, as a dad, you know, that that's I, I I hold important. I have two kids, you know, one girl and one boy, and both of them are equally successful in whatever they're doing, and I just encourage them to do what they love and be there for them and what they need, and I'm proud of both of them. But very good. Particularly Maurice, like you're saying, yeah, uh, he's doing great things, and I can't say enough about him. That
0: very good, and I I think that your daughter is a uh, uh, news re- broadcaster.
1: I think uh, is it? Orlando? Yeah, she's a news anchor. Yeah. yeah, she's a news anchor in Orlando, morning show anchor, uh, doing phenomenal. And uh, yeah, taking
0: care of the people, leading the people. So, so I would imagine yeah. they can go, hey, my dad, you know, we look at you, you know, hey, he's the leader, but they go, hey, my dad, I can recall significant times where, you know, I felt like he took care of me, which allowed me to get here. And so now I want to direct that to you. Can you recall for yourself a particular instance, a particular person, a particular lesson uh, where someone took care of you and you can go? man, that person really took care of me and, and propelled me to to get to the next level.
1: So that that's a beautiful thing about, I call it the military lifestyle and culture, is from day one, you know, from joining the military, and I'm just going to speed past the basic training and past the tech school stage to where you show up at your first duty station. From day one, I had a sponsor who was a uh, young airman. Um, I think he was a staff sergeant. Uh, Dave Dively, I'll, I'll say, he was my first supervisor, and from day one, he got me off on the right foot. He he explained to me what expectations were, uh, kind of showed me around, and said, "Hey, here's how things work," you know, being a a, a new guy and uh, moving to the Midwest, coming from the city, so that was cool for me to understand because I need to understand that. And then he provided me the tools I needed to get off on a good foot, uh, the the training that I was required, made sure I was getting the right tools that I needed because I was a maintenance guy working in missile systems. And then also ensure that I was uh, brought into the culture, you know, which was very, very uh, maintenance type culture. If you know anything about maintenance folks, it's a very tight uh, kind of uh, helping and family type culture. So some people could take that a couple of ways. Uh, it could be very honest, you know, when you don't know something, they let you know, Hey, you don't know this. You need to learn it, which is a good thing. You need to be able to accept that feedback. And then also when you're doing great things, they reward you with, uh, Hey, you're now in charge of this. I need you to make everyone as good as you are or better. So from day one, I experienced that. And, uh, my first supervisor, Dave Dively, staff sergeant at the time, uh, was very instrumental in making that happen. And I bring that up in a military context because I think we're talking about the, the people and the people being the uh, the military men and women who, who are out there every day, keeping our nation safe and secure, so.
0: What is the, um, cause you can recall right now, you just did so in a very eloquent way and it didn't take you very long. You can go back and go. It was this instance. It was this person. Right. And sorry, another quote to the world. You may be one person, but to one person, you may be the world. Right. Um, You made it to chief. You made it to command chief. Uh, You did 30 plus years of service. Right. Um, What do you think is the largest amount of people you've been able to lead at one time?
1: Well, so that's a loaded question to me. Because leading directly mm-hmm. is different than representing in a, a form of leadership. Mm. If you look at my paperwork, it'll say thousands, right? You know, mm. But in reality, it's my opinion now. This is st- strictly just me. Mm-hmm. I believe that we're all capable of leading like 10 to 20 people at once mm. directly. Mm. I'm not talking about direct reports. That's different. But time-wise, being able to impact and personally talk to these folks is what I'm getting at. Now, as far as uh, as far as impacting folks, yeah, it would be thousands impact because you're the representative, you're you're the example. If you say the symbol that folks are looking up to, you know. Yeah. You know, so, so what I'm really want to get down to though is personally affecting, you know, immediately mm. is usually ten to twenty, in my view, mm. and to be effective and helping those folks develop in a, and basically achieve, you know, their greatest opportunities, if mm-hmm. you will, mm-hmm. to help mentor them. So I, I'm going to stick with that, that answer. You know, if you look on paper, it says one thing, but I will say at any one time it's usually somewhere between 10 and 20 because I like to give that personal touch I and like- I'm not talking about direct reports either. And that's just my perspective on that.
0: I like it. I've got another one that I'm going to bring up here. I've brought it up on some other episodes before. And this is this whole debate, if you want to call it that, has been at least a topic of discussion for who knows how long, but as far back as I can remember. But before I do that, uh, from that speech that I said that I pulled from you, uh, if we want to call it a speech that thanks, it was an honor before you left um, the 45th. Uh, You talked about serving at that time, 28 years uh, to the great nation. One of the things you talked about um, was how you and your wife, which I'll talk about here in a second, both enjoyed interacting with the airmen and their families. You talked about the total force, which includes not just the military members, but you talked about the civilians as well. It was all encompassing. And one of the biggest lines that I took from your speech, your farewell speech was, again, including being inclusive of your spouse, Emily and I would like to send out a few special thank yous to those smiling faces at the front gate and to me that's significant right you know you hear about these big CEOs of these companies and they park in their parking spots they won't say hello to the janitors and the people that you know are quiet and working in the background but you say you want to give a thank you to the smiling faces at the front gate the airmen and their families with whom we have had special talks with and all those behind the scene airmen who humbly contribute to the success of the team daily. I thought that whole thing was very powerful because you recognize a lot of people from from beginning to end, from front to back, to left, to right. And I I, I say all of that to say that whole discussion about people first mission always, which one is the most important? Is it the people? Is it the mission? I had a conversation with one of my classmates the other day and he said, you know, it's all about the comma, right? And I was like, what do you mean it's about the comma? He said, it's not just people first, mission always, or mission first, people always. He said, you're going to hear some people put that comma in a very specific place. And I said, give me an example. He said, if you ever hear someone say, mission first, people, always. It makes you think about things just a little little differently. And it's about that emphasis and that comma of what's the most important to that particular person. May not be a right answer, may not be a wrong answer. But I'm curious to know what is Lou's thoughts on, which is important, the people or
1: the mission? Right. Yep. So I'm going to get to that, but I'll start off with this. I've never seen, you know, hardware, equipment, do anything without people.
0: Hmm.
1: I've never seen objectives get achieved without people to to meet, to to build to the overall success of the overall vision. You're here because we have a mission to do, right? We have a vision. We have a a mission that's given down to us, and we're going to execute that because that's our duty. People make things happen. Inspired people will make, just say, miraculous things happen. Mm. Right? So therefore, I will tell you, just like anyone else will tell you, we're here for the mission, but it doesn't get done without the people. Mm. Mm. And ensuring those people are properly trained, okay, properly equipped, and have an environment where they can operate safely you know, and confidently in their own skin, and I'm going to put it that way, will enhance the ability to ensure that objectives and missions get completed successfully. Has a lot to do with uh, leadership realizing that everyone is important. And I'm glad you brought up the quote that I put on uh, on my farewell. And that was from my time as the command chief of the 45th. Um, there are thousands of people that operate in an organization as that size that make everything happen. And I'm gonna come, come up with a scenario. We had a, uh, uh, a basically a pipe burst in headquarters building one day. It was early on in my first arriving there to become the command chief, I think it was 2012 maybe, early. And and it was in the middle of the night and there's water everywhere and stuff's backing up and all this nasty stuff is happening. So I get a phone call and, you know, uh, it's from the chief of the CE squadron, he says, hey, yeah, we got some folks out there. They're going to be taking care of this. I'm like, great. You know, no need to worry about it. It's going to be taken care of. So I get up, I get dressed. My wife says, where are you going? I said, well, I got guys out there. They're uh, looking for this problem and it's making a mess out there and people will be coming to work soon right so i go out there to make a story quick and i see there's about eight guys out there and they're all doing their thing and they're getting in there they're digging ditches they're you know pumping water they're setting equipment up and they're shutting things down and turning things on and i said how long is this going to take And they said i don't know it's okay because people are going to ask these questions i said so uh what's the extent of the damage and they say i don't know so we're sitting there and i said well let me help so I took my shirt off, started digging with them, and we found the leak, found the pipe. We're, we're cutting stuff. We're turning stuff off. I'm just helping out like a normal person. And then I call my wife, and she brings over some food, and uh, so we're eating, you know. And before, I'd say about 9 o'clock or 8 to 9 o'clock, everybody's in the office. Things are back up. Hmm. And and I got a comment from a couple of the young folks out there. He goes, "Chief man, we've never had somebody come out there and do that. And I said, Well, things are changing. (laughs) And from that day on, CE folks were calling me, you know, hey, chief, you know, just telling me stuff, you know, giving me information so that I can be of some help or service to them in other ways. And the reason I bring up that story is because without those people, those dedicated people and trained, right, and motivated, inspired to do, do that work, that sewer system piping wouldn't have been fixed. That sewer system piping wouldn't have been fixed. There'd have been a degradation to mission capability because we wouldn't have facilities ready, right? If that was not uh, properly done and we didn't have the telework stuff we have today, right? People weren't able to go in their offices, that would have delayed some things and, and it would have trickled up the chain to delay, delay, delay. And that was the headquarters building. So I value everyone. And, and getting back to the answer for the question you asked me, which is more important? I'm going to tell you, sometimes the people are more important.
0: Mm. 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 I like it. First of all, thank you for sharing that story. That's I was literally uh, visualizing everything, as, as you said. And, you know, um, it's surprising that the airmen were surprised that you, you helped out. And you said things are changing. You used the word change. And it kind of is a perfect transition to the next question. Uh, it was a change for for positive things. It was a positive change. And I would imagine those airmen that were out there, those people that were out there won't ever forget that instance when the, the command chief came out here and took off his top and went to digging, you know, to help us find this solution to this problem. That may not necessarily have been life changing, but I do want to ask you, can you recall um a time where you did something for someone that may, from their perspective, of course, not ours, from their perspective may have been a positive life-changing action that you were able to help them with.
1: Wow. Oh, man. So that's a deep question. You know, uh, when you're dealing with, a lot of folks everybody's an individual so everybody has different needs and are motivated motivated by different things some have family issues that arise some have financial which is family as well issues arise some have health issues and then there's some who are dealing with adversity things on the job so what i what i tried to do when i was in a position of leadership for folks. Is represent them and be there for them to help them find, you know, either services that they needed to solve or help mitigate some of the issues they were going through, or directly intervene and get them training or deal with toxic leadership type situations of that of that nature. So when you come down to life changing for a particular individual, well, there was uh, one individual that I got a phone call on that had left home in in the middle of the night. And they were folks I had worked with in a previous time at a a younger rank and they were having suicidal ideations. So the wife called my wife says, hey, you know, this individual left and basically they're gonna do something to hurt themselves. And it's not a lot of time. And this was while we were living on base and this individual lived on base too. So I didn't have a lot of time and I quickly uh, was just thinking off the cuff. And again, these things always happen late or early in the morning. This was a, probably a early in the morning talk, phone call. So I called immediately called the gate and said, hey, Please, you know, don't let anybody off the base and gave them a reason why. So they shut down the gate. And actually, they caught this individual about to leave base in their car. Hmm. And I got in a car, drove up there, uh, scooped up the individual and uh, drove them back home. Now, I am not qualified to talk to these folks and help them deal with these kind of problems. And I understand that. However, this was personal to me because I knew the individual I had actually worked with this individual in missiles, uh, maintenance. And we had a talk on the way back to his house. And then, you know, of course we called the first sergeant. We had everybody wait for him at the house and so forth. And when I got into the house, you know, he thanked me, he thanked me. He says, thank you. And I didn't realize at the time. The impact of that thank you you know but later to find out you know we talked after he sought help and everything and he says hey basically in a nutshell without getting too detailed about it you helped me get through a tough time in my life where i wasn't sure if i was going to see the next day
0: Hmm.
1: and that profoundly impacted me in a way you know in reverse way to me in my gut that this person was really thinking about hmm. doing something to themselves that wasn't going to be, um, recoverable. Hmm. That's huge. So, so that was one, uh, uh example of one that I, 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 think about a lot. And the reason I do is because there's many folks out there who feel this way and I would encourage them. There's nothing and, and I'm speaking from ignorance to their issue
0: mm-hmm.
1: worth hurting yourself for and to first seek help to see if there's someone who can provide you a thought process to a solution to whatever you're dealing with mm. before you hurt yourself. And, and, and we knew, we noticed the statistics and, and we've dealt with it, you know, where people have been successful, but in this instance, the individual wasn't successful and and it impacted me and the indication from the individual impacted them greatly that they were able, that people cared about them and they got help.
0: I appreciate you for, for sharing that. That is, uh, yeah. that's very deep for one. Uh, but at the same time, there was an opportunity for you to, uh, help share your message because this may help someone who is trying to help someone, uh, one of these days. And, um, we, we cannot, give up the fight to be there for the people, uh, to take care of the people and take care of ourselves uh, as well. And that can be challenging for some because we all come from various walks of life. And, uh, you sharing that story, I think is, uh, hugely impactful. Uh, another opportunity for us to offer some advice to our listeners right now, because I would imagine, uh, Everyone is probably doing some some self-reflection on, on some potential missed opportunities or some um, actions they may need to take in the future and, and to be prepared for it. If uh, if we were to encounter someone uh, who goes, hey, I get it, but I am never going to depend on other people to take care of me. I don't need other people to take care of me. I'm just going to take care of myself. Should we depend on other people to take care of uh, of us, or should we focus on ourselves? What what would be your response to that?
1: Right, so the definition of take care of is something I would broaden. I would tell people this, none of us are alone. We're all in this together. You know, I, I I'm gonna take it even broader. You know, we hear stories from astronauts in space all the time, when they get up there, they see the blue marble back in the background and they go, wow, my perspective has changed. That's a broad, broad look. Now I'm gonna zoom in to the macro here and say, in my house, we're all in this together, right? At my workplace, we're all in this together. In my squadron, in my group, in my wing or Delta, you know, in the Air Force, in the military services, in the United States, we're all in this together. And I think if you have a mindset to be able to, to realize that you're not alone and you can't do anything by yourself. You know, I Lou Moyer did not get promoted by himself. Lou Moyer got promoted because he had people mentoring him. He had uh, good leadership. He had an environment where he could thrive. He was equipped correctly. He was trained properly. And hopefully, he had, uh, folks along the way, When he got off to the wrong side of the road or just a little bit out of the lines, they nudged me in the right direction. That's how Lou Moyer was able to get things done. And I believe and suspect that's how most folks get things done. Hmm. So I would say, yes, if you don't know something, learn it. Hmm. There's only so much you can do on your own because there's experience that goes along with that learning of things that you pick up along the way. And that's how I had lived my life. I believe no one can do it by themselves. I believe that it takes a team of folks as people like to say it in a metaphor a village takes a to village. make things happen.
0: So you, that's, you, that's my answer to that.
1: That is perfect. Uh, perfect
0: answer in my book. And uh, you mentioned, you mentioned team, you mentioned it takes a village. Um, we're on the subject of people. Uh, I want to talk now about one of your favorite people, uh, Miss Emily. Oh, um, yeah. That, that. My, my best
1: person in the world.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you, you you mentioned Emily in that farewell speech that I mentioned earlier several times in your speech. It was never I. It was Emily and I. Since I've been talking to you on this podcast, you talked about how your wife brought over food while you were trying to help find a leak. You talked about how your wife received a phone call, which then made uh, uh, an opportunity for her to pass a message to you, which meant you pass a message to the front gate, which meant you potentially saved a life. Um, There's been so many instances uh, based on our conversation here, where you've mentioned your wife. How would you describe how helpful it has been that you have your teammate be able to help you take care of people?
1: Right. Well, wow. So, man, my wife and I, we've known each other for over 35 years, been married for 35 years plus. And I will tell you, she and I are a team, you know, a fully functioning team. And where I am weak or don't understand something, she is strong and vice versa. So together, we're, we're a complete you know, functioning team there. I love her. I uh, she's been gracious enough to support me and all the military endeavors that we have been through, the adventures we've been through. In other words, when I did extra hours, she did extra hours. Uh, when I moved, she moved. Um, she changed careers multiple times because of some of the movements we have and happily did so. You know and still is successful (laughs) because she's really, really good at what she does. Um, It's very important to have a partner that you can rely on, uh, especially when you're in the military and you have to deal with the deployments or the extended TDYs or the constant moving around to different locations and also being able to relate to the family members or young folks that are coming in, you know, um, to be reminded from time to time because you're so busy with work, hey, you, you need to go and uh, do things. And I'll bring up this my wife had, had told me once. She was driving by the dormitories where the young airmen, when they first come to the base and they're single, they have a dormitory where they usually will stay in until they get a certain experience level then they could transition off and she says they have a great barbecue pit area there and she noticed some of the embermen hanging out there on the weekends she goes we ought to go by and just hang out with them so we got some cards some dominoes and some things and we went over there and a lot of them didn't know how to do some of these things so we taught you know and hanged out with them and also they didn't know how to barbecue <laughs> to <be honest. laughs> so we would do stuff like that you know various weekends it would be random we wouldn't tell anybody we we're coming um, she would drive by a lot and just call me say, hey, there's a bunch of people out there. I said, all right, I'm coming right over. And we'd go over there and just show up. And they would, you know, make us hot dogs, hamburgers, or whatever. And we would exchange information. My wife is responsible for a lot of things like that. Uh, just, she was very integral in the the spouses club. Um, she's very good listener. So a lot of the spouses would communicate with her things. And then I would learn about it. And then I could do a little bit of research to get actionable type of things to happen. So so behind the scenes thing, she was really instrumental to making things happen and improving lives of the airmen. Oh, one time she told me this. She goes, hey, I was driving to the gate. And she says hi to all the airmen at the gate. And one of the airmen says, hey, I've got to work Thanksgiving and i got to work Christmas. And they were like on these 12s and you know, and, and there's a lot of reasons why this happens. However, he got back to me. So I, I next time I was driving through, I asked, you know, and he said, yeah, we got to do this. I said, so what do you How do you feel about that? And it sucks. I, you know, I'd like to at least take one of the, va- you know, vacation on one of those holidays. Right. So I would talk to their commander and everything. I said, you know, their first sergeant, their chief. I said, what's going on? And, you know, they were going through some manning stuff. I said, so have you asked? Your folks how they can solve it instead of just say, hey, we're going to be doing this. Mm. And they hadn't, <laughs> to mm-hmm. be frank. So first sergeant chief, they came back with another plan, and they were able to give them one of those holidays off because wow. they decided how they wanted to work the schedule. And they came up with a better schedule, and they presented it to the commander. commander went with it, and it was a win, right? Win, win for both. Mission got done. People got to have some time. So that kind of stuff. My wife was very instrumental in figuring those things out where I might have had blind spots where she could see things because I was busy, you know, trying to right. not only take care of people, but also make sure people are ready to do what they needed to do. So that was a big part of the job. So yeah. yes, I, I could uh, attribute a lot of success I had to my wife, uh, Emily. She's always been there for me. She's uh, my number one fan and a hero of mine and the mother of my two children. And uh, you can see, her and both of my kids, which I think is so awesome. Wow. Very good. Very good.
0: I, yeah. I, I expected that to be great. And it was great uh, because, as you mentioned, it takes a team. And when we talk about the people, which has been the subject of this podcast, it is not just the people in the professional environment. It's also the people in our personal environment. And it's all about taking care of the people, yourselves included. So, Chief, I want to offer an opportunity now as we wrap up uh, for you to kind of give us any last elevator speech ride to the top floor about the subject of the people. What kind of advice would you offer to the people?
1: Well, you know, I I, so there's two parts of this. There's two parts because it's important to me that leadership understand that people are how things get done. Okay, and you could tell them to do it all day. And they'll do it. However, if you want them to do great things as a leader, you need to inspire them to do it. Inspire them with a common vision, you know, well thought out vision, you know, help them understand the mission, give them clear objectives to getting to the, the mission objectives, right? To achieving it. Um, While wow, there's so much here. Um, realizing that everybody has a purpose, everybody has a role, and then going out to all of them. You know, I, it's impossible to see everybody. But when you're out, it takes a couple seconds to stop going through the door, and I see somebody sitting at a desk, you know, and the door's open. I stop say, hey, how are you doing? That does wonders because then they you see me. And as a leader, you should see all your people. Mm. And what I mean by that is not go and visually see them, but in a, a perspective is I see you, and we've heard that term before, Mm. and that feeling that they get, that they realize, I contribute. So, everyone has a purpose, and as a leader, we need to understand how to not only train them, equip them, right, provide them an environment of safety and security to be successful, but also give them a feeling that they're important to this mission, Mm. every task. Mm. And that's the challenge to leadership. And also realizing that, again, I'll go back to it. You know, positions are temporary. You know, titles are temporary. Promotions are temporary. Hey, yeah, I'm chief retired, but I'm not a chief anymore. You know, I go and give speeches to uh, whatever event it is, the chief's uh, leadership course, if you will, or or the chief's promotion ceremonies. And I don't wear my uniform. It's not because I dislike wearing it. I love my uniform. I would wear it any time I could my time is gone. It's their time now, right? They're the leadership. It's the airman's time now. It's Master Sergeant Moyer's time now, you know, which I never thought I'd hear that again. You know, my son, (laughs) he's Master Sergeant Moyer now. It's his time. Things are different. Things are changing. But nothing what doesn't change is the need of the people to be inspired by leadership. Mm. So that's
0: always that's always consistent. You know, that's awesome. And, 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 And to the people, Yes, that are watching and listening. What to I take from from what I take from that is a powerful bottom line message. Don't just see the people; make the people feel seen. Bingo! Po- Bingo! Powerful message. Powerful message. Chief, Bingo. this has been awesome, and I hope that uh, this helps the people. I hope it helps the people. Um, but before I let you get out of here, I've got a quick. Ten question speed round of what do you prefer? Not related to anything we've been talking about, but I like to end every episode with a quick fun round of ten questions. Are you ready? I am ready. Thank All right. You. When it comes to tea, do you prefer sweet tea or unsweet tea? Sweet tea. Sweet tea. Number two, greatest boxer
1: Ali or Tyson? Ali, Ali, because <laughs> it, you know I'm, I'm going to elaborate. I know it's quick, but no, I'm elaborating okay. He's an inspiration to me, right up there with Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, not only because he was great at what he did and he made sure he was great and he told you he was great, but he did the things necessary to show you that I am great, <laughs> you know, and, and the greatest, right? That, as growing up, was inspirational
0: to me. I love it. I love it. He 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 talked to talk and he walked the walk. I love it. I love it. Number three. Movie, Star Wars or Game of Thrones? Star Wars, man. <laughs> I, I would I would have figured you would have said that's that. easy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> N- number four, fitness. Are you a treadmill person or get out there run on the track? So I'm, I'm getting up there in
1: age. I prefer the track. However, <laughs> comma, as you get older, I'm bicycling now.
0: I hear you. Uh, I you, but you the track to, you track. have to get you have to get it in however you can get it uh and and staying in shape is important so question number five is the complete opposite of staying in shape uh none of the above is is quite okay but when it comes to libations do you prefer your whiskey neat or would you like it on the rocks
1: you know what the rocks is better for me
0: <laughs> okay thank you you answered this one already number six um at least i think you did when it comes to work Would you prefer the telework environment
1: or the in-office environment? In-office environment is the best environment. In my view, there are occasions when teleworking is necessary, and I think there should be a a flexibility, but I believe people need to be collaborative together in person. And I think that's where you get the most innovative ideas and also the most learning takes place. Mm. Very
0: good. Number seven, I consider my, myself to be uh, well-traveled, but I think you got me beat. So when it comes to travel, uh, do you prefer to take a cruise or would you rather have an all-inclusive in one spot and just stay there? Cruising. Cruising. Got it. Number eight, villains. Joker or Darth Vader?
1: Wow, Darth Vader's the man. <laughs> <laughs> he's the man. You know, he, he, he So he's everything. And this goes back to leadership. You know, his style was fear. However, in the end, he became, you know, redeemed, if you will, <laughs> and 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 was an example for his son. So, very good. Saved very his good. son. Good, right?
0: <laughs> That's right. I can't predict this answer. Number nine. Here's why I can't predict it. The subject is music. I have seen you in your drop top convertible driving down the road, listening to some pre-recorded music and just having a good old time, sometimes just with yourself, sometimes with your lovely bride. I have also seen you and been there in the same vicinity as you uh, in Miami Gardens at, 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 at getting some live jazz in. So my question is, do you prefer live music or pre-recorded
1: music? Live music is the best. Gotcha. gotcha. It's the best. It's an experience. And in life, experiences are everything. I can remember my Michael Jackson concert, my Prince concert, my Beyonce concerts. Um, Heck, man. If you haven't been out there to hear the live music,
0: you need to do it. I love it. I love it. Number 10. And last but not least, when it comes to chicken wings, do you prefer flats or drums?
1: The flats, man. Come on. (laughs) Drums are for playing music. (laughs) I love it. That's
0: awesome. First of all, Chief, thanks for playing along with me uh, on my 10 question game. But more importantly, thank you for spending some time with us. Again, uh, time is valuable. You have to understand that the time of the people is valuable and I, I treat it delicately and I truly respect it. So I want to say thanks for taking some time to share your knowledge and pass it along to the people because your vast levels of experience is something that should be shared for time and time again after this recording. So I thank you for coming on.
1: Thank you very much, Henry, and uh, best of luck to you and your podcast, man. I think this is great for the people. Um, One day we're gonna have to interview you and talk about your experiences because hopefully folks are doing their research and understand how well-developed leader you are in the uh, multiple services you've served in as well, which gives you a a unique perspective. Not only being multiple services, but also enlisted and now officer I really appreciate you and what you do. So thank you very much. And I'm humbled to be here. Thank you very much, Chief. Thanks for your time. And until next time, ladies and gentlemen, I'm out.